It was a hot and humid night in New York City, and unfortunately, I had to put my clothes back on. I've been working this uh, life-size figure sculpture class as a nude model, and it had been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it was becoming a real pain in the ass. And as was my custom, I liked to go after the gig to this great little Italian deli, Doromas, just a couple blocks away in Soho, and pick out a nice foreign beer to take back with me to my apartment in Brooklyn. So, that's where I headed. Now it's 1980 in New York City, and I've been in New York just a few months, but I always knew that I was going to end up, if not just visiting there, maybe even, even living there, and uh, here I was. Ever since I was a little boy growing up in a small rural town in Michigan, I dreamed of coming to New York City. It fascinated me as a kid, watching all those TV shows where New York was the scene and, and so many things to be, happened to be going on there and the whole world seemed to be coming there and there were just these millions of people and it all seemed so mysterious and I was so curious and I just had to get there. And since I was raised Catholic, I was especially drawn to the darker, seamier side of the mean streets of New York. But, I gotta admit, uh, I still felt a little intimidated. I hesitated to go out alone at night into those darker and seamier sides of the city. So I get to Daroma's Deli. And it's the typical busy Friday night crowd in there. It's an upscale crowd. Everybody's getting all their party stuff together, you know, gonna get it on for the weekend. And I immediately go to the right to the beer coolers and see what's there for me to choose tonight. And uh, I'm looking in the cooler, trying to decide between the heavy Irish stout or maybe the Belgian Pilsner and go light. And suddenly, I hear this commotion behind me at the front door. I turn around, and I see two guys standing in front of the door. A tall one and a short one. Now, the tall one, he's brandishing a double-barrel, sawed-off shotgun. And the short one's got a nice big thirty-eight in his hand and they both have ski masks on. Now, when I see those guns, I resign myself to the fact that I just gotta stay calm. I just gotta stay calm. And just let whatever's gonna happen, happen. So I start breathing slowly and deeply and just trying to stay collected. The short guy with the handgun jumps over the checkout counter to raid the till. Mr. Shotgun, the tall guy, he starts hurting all the customers, which there's about 15 or 20 in the deli at that time, towards the back of the store. He's demanding we all go to the back of the store. So uh, we all slowly march towards the back. He's hurting us there at gunpoint. And you can just feel the fear in the room. You could almost smell it if it wasn't for all those stinky cheeses and that spicy meat. 
So we get to the back of the store, and then he starts funneling us into this back room that doesn't have a door on it. And so we're slowly, surely just crowding into this room, and we're all just kind of getting more and more crowded, and it's a room that is smaller than this stage area right here. And so me being one of the last ones into the room since I was at the front of the store when this all went down, I end up front row center in front of the guy with his sawed-up shotgun. And this guy is extremely nervous, very agitated. And I'm sure all of us in that room are just wondering, you know, is his trigger finger going to slip? Is he going to be a little too jumpy? Is he, you know, because this guy is just jumping out of his skin. You could, I could see through the enlarged holes in his ski mask that he's sweating bullets. And he's got this terrible complexion. And he's acting like he's a junkie that needs a fix, to tell you the truth. And that's, I'm sure, making all of this very nervous. So he suddenly barks out a command. Strip down. Take your clothes off. You know, we kind of look around a little bit, you know, but he's very insistent, so everybody starts taking their clothes off. I take my T-shirt off, and I go to take my shorts off, and if there's ever a time when I wished that I wore underwear, <laughs> this was it. So, I take my shorts off, and I'm standing there totally stark naked. And I kind of quickly glance around me. Everybody else has got their underwear still on. <laughs> well, I'm used to being the only naked guy in the room, you know, being an art model. So. But this was different. Now I had staring at me this double barrel shotgun, staring at me like no artist ever could. And I'm staying calm. And I'm kind of surprising myself. I'm just kind of standing there naked. And I'm then I start hearing behind me a few sobs, a few whimpers, a few cries going on behind me. There's grown adults just whimpering and sobbing like little kids behind me, pleading for their lives, begging not to be heard. And hearing that pitiful sound prompts in me this flashback memory to when I was a kid and standing in line with my brothers and sisters, waiting for my dad to belt us one by one. And, you know, I was defiant in the face of my father then and something in me wanted to be a bit defiant in the face of this guy with the sawed-up shotgun. I was a little bit pissed, to tell you the truth. So, I decided, well, I'm just going to smile a little bit on top of my calm demeanor. And I gave him something like this. Well, um, Next, he pulls out a nylon sack. I mean, this is just like in the movies, I'm telling you. He pulls out a nylon sack, and he wants us to pass this sack along to everybody. 
And we're supposed to put all our valuables in the sack. Uh, that's wallets, purses, jewelry, watches, anything of value goes in the sack. And since I'm right there in the front row, there's just one guy uh, to my left. Um, he gets a sack, he does his thing. The sack comes to me, and I don't know what comes over me. As I reach to get my wallet out of my shorts, as I'm coming up, I hear myself talking to him, and I'm telling him what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I tell you what, you don't need my wallet or my ID, really. You know how, I'm just going to pull out all the money in my wallet, okay? I'm going to hold on, and I'm going to hold on to my wallet, and I'm just going to drop this in the sack, okay? And that's what I did. And I passed the sack along, and it went on towards the back. He just glared at me when I did that. But he was too busy, you know, covering everybody and making sure nobody was pulling something. And so, it's cool. So suddenly, uh, he asked for the bag back. He has to get the hell out of there. Time's a-wasting. And um, just like that, he's gone. And we all just kind of stand there, you know, you know looking at each other and uh, for a few moments and wondering, you know, are they gone, really? So the guy next to me, he checks, looks out the door, and uh, he says, yeah, they're gone. And everybody is so relieved. You can hear the sighs of relief in the room. Everybody starts giggling and laughing to each other. And uh, as they're putting their clothes on, they're just feeling so elated, so happy to be alive, and nothing really happened. Nobody got hurt. They really dodged a bullet. And um, I'm feeling pretty good myself as I'm putting my clothes on. But, but when I go to stand on one leg to get my shorts on, my leg collapses and I fall into the guy next to me. And I laugh at myself because I realize my body just betrayed me and showed how really, truly afraid I have been the whole time. So I finish getting dressed and I'm feeling really good. And somehow I feel like I've just been through some sort of initiation, like some kind of baptism by fire. And I was feeling so good, I just couldn't wait to get back out on those streets of New York. I felt like I was ready for anything and everything it had to offer me. And after all, now I felt like I was a real New Yorker. 